Hey friends, welcome to the first episode of the YFI pod. My name is Matt, I'm your host. This is the podcast for our Yoga Farm Ithaca. This week I'm here with Sabrina. Hey everyone. Jeannie. Hi friends, happy to be here. And Jessica. Hi. <laughs> Hi, thanks Matt. You're welcome. Um, do you want to go through and introduce uh, your role at YFI and Yoga Farm Ithaca? Jeannie, why don't you uh, go first? Yeah, I can I can start us off. We're, we're really here today, though, to talk about just who Yoga Farm Ithaca is, what Yoga Farm Ithaca is, and how we're operating in the world and what we love to share with all of you. And it's probably highly likely that particularly for this first episode, our listeners are our friends and our students and our community anyway. So, you know, our intention, of course, is to cover some topics and to answer questions as students will write in about, but also just to give a little bit of a peek behind the scenes at Yoga Farm and what we all do here and how we got into these roles. So, um, I'm Jeannie, I'm the executive director of the organization. I'm also one of the lead educators in our programs. Um, you know, starting a, a yoga nonprofit was something that felt like kind of predestined in a way. I, um, I felt so deeply connected to yogic practices and how they honestly saved my life over and over and over again that I couldn't imagine people in the world not having access to them. So one of our main missions as we move through what we do on the day-to-day -day basis is to make sure that people who are longing for community, longing for practices, longing for something that feels a little bit bigger and a little bit more connected than uh, walking this path alone, that they have access. They have access to the things. So we'll talk a bit about that too. Um, but sitting here around this table with uh, arguably three of my favorite people in the world, it's not a bad gig, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a bad way to spend a work day. And, um, and I love that, you know, I get to work really close, of course, with Jessica as our director of operations and as someone who I trust with my life and and anything that I that I want to accomplish I know that she is always so willing to to be there and to be a cheerleader and beyond that to be someone who pitches in um, and that's one of the reasons that I love working with her so much is because it feels like a collaboration it never feels like you are navigating things on your own and starting a nonprofit wasn't a completely new thing to me and there are parts of working in the nonprofit world that we come across that's like, oh, we, we haven't had to do this before in other jobs we've had. Or this is a new way of doing business, a new way of certainly doing business that overlaps with spirituality. And, and working with Jess is like, oh, well, we can figure this out because mm -hmm. arguably we can figure anything out together, I think. I think so, too. I think so, you know. Um, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then so Sabrina has just recently joined us as part of the full-time staff and um, I'm not I'm not going to talk too much about how Sabrina landed here because I think that her her version of this story is going to be way more entertaining than mine would be and pure <laughs> magic manifestation I I 100% agree yeah. um, what I can say is that to have someone in the role of student support and service uh, who is both an incredibly talented teacher and guide and educator and also maintains such a clear connection to being a student and a lifelong learner. Oh my God. It's like, it's a dream come true because that's, that's the space that, I've watched you operate from is, you know, I'll, 
I'll catch her in any given moment in a class that I'm teaching. No doubt she's listened to this lecture 17 times at this point. And I'm like, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, I'm checking emails and listening to your class. Like just <laughs> being so connected to what the students are hearing so that you can be on both sides. I just, yeah. So what, what is Sabrina's official title? What is your official title, Sabrina? I believe it is listed as student support and social media manager. Right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are you liking it so far? I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been a natural uh, transition or progression, rather. Um, doing as a uh, TA, oh. as a teacher assistant with the Kundalini programs. And being in the classrooms, I have that know, that knowledge of navigating, navigating through the coursework feels natural to be able to guide people and help them through the coursework and just be there for you know I'm here for support so that could be any range of things that people write in and I'm just happy that I'm on the other side and able to able to chat with them and connect with them yeah really we're building community that's what we're here to do and to my left Jessica Director of Operations, Jessica, introduce yourself. Oh, Jeannie did such a beautiful job. I know, like, but thank you. So I'd like, I'd like to hear from everybody. You're right. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. <coughs> um, yeah, the my path along <laughs> this journey has been um, super supported. You know, it's been really beautiful to get to to get to work alongside Jeannie and Matt and Sabrina and the the other staff at yoga farm i think it's important for people also to just hear right that like getting getting in front of a microphone similar to when we first started recording Uh, things and teaching online which i don't do which which (laughs) jessica doesn't have to do is incredibly nerve-wracking and it is outside your comfort zone. It is typically not something that you feel particularly skilled in because in what other capacity in life are you are you forced in front of a microphone? It's like, okay, here, talk about some things or here's a camera pointing at you. I remember being so uncomfortable and it's like over time, a lot of that does dissipate. Jess and I recorded a podcast with um, the CEO of Imaloa a few months back. <laughs> she was like, why are we doing this? I was. I was like, do we have to do this? You were like, what? Why do we have to do this? And and it, it just, it's just another one of those scenarios where it's like, I think that this is part of what this podcast will be about too, is like stepping outside of your comfort zone so that you can move forward in the path that's laid out in front of you. And you might not know what that looks like and you you might not feel like you're doing it in a cohesive way or definitely not an expert way. And like, we just keep moving forward and we be in that vulnerability because we want everybody to know that, that this is normal. Like we're not, we're not celebrities. We're not like in this place. Ordinary, ordinary people drinking our lavender cucumber water. Yeah, we We get nervous too. And I mean, it's, just a natural thing. I thought you were about to plug wherever you got that water from. Hey, not without a sponsorship, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you know what I will say right now? That this already has a different tone than the classes that I hear you teach. Yeah. Um, well, first, my name is Matt. I am the digital librarian, archivist. Love it. I think that I may have introduced the word archivist just because it sounded cool. It's a really cool word. Right. Um, yeah, and just general overall uh, executive assistant to you. Oh, stop. I mean, okay, for those who don't. True. Uh, yeah, it is. I don't know who's listening right now and uh-huh. doesn't already know, but Jeannie and I are married. So, I mean, <laughs> I am the, she is the talent. I am the producer. I make mm. sure talent is happy. I get what talent needs. And then all my other job duties, too. So I'm Bill Murray and you're Andy McDowell Ugh. in Groundhog Day? I suppose so. Ugh. Yeah, I don't not a huge fan about being Andy, Andy McDowell, but Okay. That's not I feel bad. Like you made that reference and you don't like it. You did. No. You took that. Cuz he re- said talent producer and this was right. the most recent thing that we watched. We did. That we had watched those it a couple days ago. It. Um 
but the tone when I hear you teach or watch videos of you teaching, um, it's not that like you're following an exact script, but you have like the lectures planned. Yeah. And these this podcast, the intention is a much more informal conversation about whatever we do. And anyone else has questions out there. Actually, I think we we're, we're opening it up to be like, if anyone has a write-in question, yeah, hear your take on anything. Yeah, and I think that's part of this too. And in that very like informal, conversational type of way, you know, I think like mm. it's easy when you see people from afar, particularly when the ways that you're seeing them is online, mm. or you're interacting with people through a particular platform. It's easy to have assumptions and perceptions around who they are. And it's like, you know, like, let's just let everybody know who we really are and not have any kind of pretense or polish because that's, yeah. that's real life yoga. That's, you know, we ultimately are going to work every day. Uh, it was, it was funny. I think my mom was here earlier and she was talking about how we were talking about how we are going to be working in Panama. Right. And she's like, well, that doesn't sound like fun. And I'm like, we're at work. Like, this is work. It's work All in work. Panama, but it's still it's work. work in paradise. And, and still we're working. And we're still working. Nothing and pauses. It right. just shifts a little bit. Hey, you bring up Panama. What's happening in Panama? What's happening in Panama, Jess? Super exciting. Well, and I feel like I can give a little more polished um, overview of my life, oh, too. Nice. So thank God for editing. And I hope we can just remove that whole little bit yeah, earlier but whatever you want babe i know it's not great it's so lovely <laughs> i didn't i would like to circle back around no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> sabrina's gonna be like so when you um couldn't speak before um let me talk about panama first though since we're since we're right there yeah so we are off for a immersion a uh, like kundalini five element immersion in panama in just Two just weeks. over 10 days yeah. <laughs> yeah. so soon and Jeannie and Sabrina and I are all lucky enough to go and work <laughs> from Panama <laughs> during yes. this immersion and so it is uh, five nights at a gorgeous retreat center just a few short miles from the beach and we'll be exploring Kundalini practices and community and working with the elements um, of nature to hopefully inspire some lifelong changes for folks and really have them deepen into their, their practice and their sense of self. So it's going to be a beautiful time. We do still have, well, I don't know if this is going to go out after it's over. We have <laughs> a, <laughs> we do still have a couple spots left if folks are interested and support True. can, uh, support the support team, Sabrina and Absolutely. I can help you, you know <laughs> help you make that happen. So, yeah, I think it, um, is actually, totally in alignment with Beck what I was just saying around doing things that are outside of your comfort zone mm. so so often people ask well like why yoga retreat you know or why why is there this go on vacation to do yoga I can do yoga on YouTube I can do yoga at my local studio and you can and you're inside your comfort zone and what travel does so exquisitely and efficiently is it takes you immediately outside your comfort zone it takes you out of everything that's familiar, every routine, every sense of, you know, illusion around control, and you're plopped down kind of in a state of surrender. You, well, I mean, there's always active choice, right? So you could surrender to it and be like, this is, we're going to go with the flow. I'm going to, this won't happen in Panama, but I'm just thinking of other, other traveling endeavors. I'm going to pee in this bathroom where there's no toilet paper. Uh, I'm just going to go with it and be outside of this idea of comfort or we don't and we cling and we contract and we feel put off by whatever isn't going the way that we want. And in that travel experience, it's like, oh, now we know what our work is. Like yep. now, information. You, now you've got a lot of information, mm -hmm. right? A lot of information. Who do you be when you travel and does everyone around you want to duct tape your mouth mm. closed? Yeah, it's so beautiful to see when people first arrive that first day or two, and then in comparison to the end of the retreat, mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has kind of let their guard down. And or just, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't. Or they haven't. Or like they've, they've experienced some challenges as far as health mm -hmm. or any other millions of things that can go wrong uh, when you travel, but it definitely puts you through the ringer. And I think yep. 
you see like you see the look on their face at the end of the trip where it's like oh this was not what i expected and you know i don't know more times than not i think i look at the students at the end of a retreat because we're really good at planning retreats and um you know traveling with jessica alone is a reason to go on a yoga farm ithaca retreat (laughs) i joke all the time that i just get to show up and and she's the mama duck and i've you know imprinted on her and i just follow her around to get to wherever we need to go quack quack (laughs) um but generally speaking like you can see that shift Mm -hmm. halfway through it almost is as if students shoulders have dropped Mm -hmm. like three inches yeah for me i think i see i would describe it as um people getting in touch with their like inner child Mm. you know we arrive as an an adult with Mm. the world on our shoulders and what i've witnessed with retreats with us is that by the end or somewhere even in the middle like that weight is lessened and I see people laughing and I, I see people connecting in in different ways and it makes me smile because it makes me think of like me or them when they were a child. I love that too, because I think it's, um, it's the wonder, right? It's mm-hmm. like wonder returns when you allow yes. an experience to unfold like that. And, um, you're so outside of what your day to day is. Mm-hmm. You get to really, yeah refresh your your vision on what life can be and and the connections that are made too are are huge i mean we hear that again and again when we ask people you know what was the the best thing they almost inevitably always say it was meeting these other folks and Mm -hmm. the lifelong relationships that i've created so yeah and traveling by yourself at least for me going to costa rica the first time what was it i don't know last year last February mm-hmm. was that only because we went ago? February mm-hmm. and then October <laughs> February 23 yeah, yeah you know it's, it's different I didn't really know what to expect I tried to have all my I's dotted and my T's crossed and now it's like okay we're going to Panama and it's it's exciting <laughs> it's exciting you know that first time I was nervous and I didn't know who my roommates would be and all of those things and you know, we get, to, we miss our family and we're all of the wonder of like, what, what am I leaving? Or it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> how did I, how did I land here? And then, like I said, I, you just, I just watch it time and time again. I experience it time and time again, where I'm able to just be me. And that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, the best. I think it's the best. I'm definitely biased around the whole retreat scenario. It's definitely the best. Uh, it sounds like the best. I haven't been on one yet. But someone's got to hold the fort. We're down. all like, you're you not were invited. In Costa Rica. <laughs> you were in Costa Rica a year ago. Uh, but I didn't like. I didn't go on retreat. Oh. I wasn't a participant. I was. Well, you're a staff member, so remember, we're all working. Right. I was. Uh, <laughs> we're all working. I was. I was on call. I was on. I was doing work. Um, am I hearing that you want to go on a retreat? I'm hearing that. Sure. I heard it too. Okay. Someone's got to hold the fort down when... Well, we can go on retreat together. When everyone else from Yoga Farm wants to bounce to another country, someone's got to stay put and be at the studio and be the grounding element for all this. Matt's a real world And hero. it happens to be my executive assistant. <laughs> it is. We'll order you DoorDash or something of that nature. Oh, that's kind. Yeah. I'll take it. I don't okay. mind. Yeah. So... Jess, I know that like you have worked in different scenarios. You know, we worked together at the massage school and you've had a lot of hats that you've worn through the years. And I have to say that a a thought that I've had periodically just on this path and then I correct myself. But the thought initially is, why did I have that weird job that I had for like a period of time you know, that was such a weird blip and maybe that part of me doesn't even matter anymore, doesn't exist anymore. And then there will be something that happens in this job where I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why I did that thing. And you have this unique, like, professional path, I feel like, that ultimately landed you in a place with all of these exact perfect skills to be in the position that you're in, one of which is travel agent. Mm-hmm. One of which was, you know, doing a lot of the administrative pieces for 
a nonprofit Unitarian congregation, mm-hmm. uh, being a campus director, like it, it just is like, are there other ones that I'm not thinking of where you're like, oh, I learned this skill doing this random thing? Those are the big ones, right? So as I was trying to polish my um, who I am and how I got here <laughs> speech, uh, yeah, you know, I, I I go first always because it was a decade of work to my work with the Finger Lake School of Massage, and I go there because I held so many hats. I mean, I started out in admissions. I went into, like, a student support role. I held a campus director Uh, position for a year as an interim and so I learned so many facets and sides of an organization uh, through that work but you're right like right I spent a few years as a travel agent in my 20s I mean I was a taxi driver which is probably why I insist that we drive (laughs) every time all over Central America to another country Um, I don't know if like decorating cakes has really like continued to serve me. We but both had this job though. I, I love that we both like. It's so silly. We both worked at a bakery or in a bakery. We both section. worked at Wegmans. Uh-huh. Like, really? Yeah. We I didn't did overlap though. Yep. I don't think we overlap. We didn't overlap. No. So I was working mm-hmm. as a cake decorator, and then you left, and then I I came moved. On. I mean, you that moved. was when I moved away. Yeah. And Reason enough to do this is I'm just learning new things right now. <laughs> <See> <laughs> <that>? <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah. What are, what is our cake decorating roles? What does that? I don't um, know. And we're really good at events. It's true, right? So like events and are you're one of creative my things. in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah. both very creative. If we had to, we could make a cake and we bring it to a thing. <laughs> It'd be could decorate cute. the hell out of we, it. Yeah. I mean, it would be a stellar cake. It would. It would be a stellar cake. I hear a challenge coming on. <laughs> oh my gosh! Cake decorating contest at UIFI. <laughs> it's perfect. Buy four cakes. We're gonna call it. Eh, it's a cakewalk. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. I'm almost mad that I didn't think of that. It has my commercial my commercial voice. That was good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um I think the biggest thing is just the ability to be flexible, you know? Like when you work for a small organization like Yoga Farm, I mean, bring Sabrina on that makes six of us full time here, right? Uh, you do have to wear a lot of hats and you do have to be able to pivot between responsibilities. And so I think that my life path has given me that ability to just be able to face whatever shows up (laughs) with the idea that this can be handled and uh, such a great team to handle it with. So are retreats your favorite part of your job? Of course they are (laughs) (laughs) because it's my Sagittarius moon wants wants me to always be in a plane. Yes. Mm. Yep. Mm. My Capricorn moon wants to, what does it want to do? I mean, you would think it would like want to make all the money, but you don't really care about that. No. What does it want to do? It wants, it wants things to be like in order and correct. I think, you know, like it's an earth sign. It's not as That's much true. like that as Virgo, but like mm. it wants I'm like, things to be. Tell me about my be... Libra moon. What do you, oh, what yeah. does that want to do? What is, what does Sabrina's <laughs> Libra moon want to do? Oh, no. Matt has a Libra moon too. Oh, do I? Yeah. Okay. I have there no we idea go. what that means. Yeah. Means you're pretty. Oh. Yeah, that's what she. That's what she always says. <laughs> I feel like goofy. It's like, oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh shucks. Yeah. What is the Libra moon? Mm, I mean, Libra brings balance, right? And I, I mean, I'm I'm riffing on astrology, like I know Love what I'm it. talking about. So, well, there's that. This is a whole other. This is like. This is another. This is another episode. Yeah. Where, how does one's astrology slash enneagram slash dosha affect? Work. impact your work work yeah so yeah. like yeah if i'm the virgo i'm a virgo 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 there's three of them you are virgo, virgo Vir- sun virgo rising yeah. libra moon libra moon. we just find out which is i mean it's it's necessary it's exhausting i gotta be the grounded one like wherever i go yeah everywhere mm. yeah home mm. work mm. it's exhausting i have virgo rising too so that's cute actually you meet sabrina at your moon and you meet me at your rising oh well, we won't talk about where you meet me. Uh, Woo! Bop, zing! <laughs> Whoa, saucy. <laughs> no, we have, have we, to have polarity. Have we mentioned that we're married? Or <laughs> we're, <is this> here, <laughs> we're here at the round table. We are. That's kind of fun. Call polarity. it the round table. Polarity is another good one. It is. Yeah. Well, I think we have, we're have. we going to have a lot of topics that we'll get to just riff on and, and allow it to be 
like you said initially, informal. You know, right. this is this isn't a class. We're not no. trying to hammer yeah. home points and lessons. No. Um, it's just like giving everyone who's interested an opportunity to hang out with us and mm. talk about some of the things that we would be talking about anyway. I mean, we probably would be driving around in a car talking about what our Libra moon was doing today. Right. And I mean, even yeah, not this is pretty normal for us. I right. mean, when we're in the office and we're having conversation, it's, it's just fun to do I it mean, this way and <laughs> others get to know us as well. And even not limited to like yoga topics. Yeah. I mean, if you were like, what's your favorite movie? I mean, we, we do, do talk about other things besides yoga and business. And <laughs> we I rarely talk about yoga, <laughs> Jessica. It's true. We're going to do why we need you at the round table. That's We're going to do a whole episode on uh, Jessica's list of things she doesn't like about yoga. That's what I, I just I really okay. want to take. I really want to record that. I think really? it's going to be brilliant. That's good. Yeah. Well, because I think that Sabrina and I could also, which we do to her. Mm anyway like myth bust some of those things we're like you know where jessica's like i don't do yoga and i'm like yes you do that was my initial i was like yeah you You know but yoga but the asana roll out the mat do you know maybe not that sometimes i think you sneaky do yoga because without telling anybody in the organization yes like well, at night in the dark <laughs> she was very excited about her yoga mat coming in did i know that, i'm that like arrive? i'm like it was okay yeah. let me review some things Here jessica got all of us i mean the organization did but it was jessica's idea to get everyone on staff for christmas meditation cushions I, which i love by the way do you love it i love it so much it's I use so it good not as much as i need to like probably two or three times a week yeah um, i do it that's great mm-hmm um, was just super, super excited about purchasing this new yoga mat. And yet the mantra is I don't do yoga. So I, sometimes I think like you'll be teaching or some, you know, typically you s- are teaching Sabrina and I'll see like a, a yoga farm Ithaca sign in. That's not me and it's not you. And I know it's not Francine because she's teaching something else. And I'm like, who's Jessica sneaky doing Sahibi Kriya right now? <laughs> like, I'll just have these. I'm like, what is this girl? She's lying. <laughs> it's definitely not me. My yoga mat still has the wrapper around the outside. I'll take a picture and post it with this. Are you going to bring it to uh, no, Panama? It's big and heavy. No, she'll no. be scared. I'll leave it behind again. Like oh, Omega. No. Exactly. Okay. I will never hear the end of it. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't even brought it up. You've brought it up. <laughs> I mean, I, to be I honest, we both left it behind. Just <laughs> we both left it behind. It was a little bit of a chaotic day. Mm. It, was, it was chaos day. Was yeah. that last summer? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was. Speaking of yoga, Matt, let's talk about you rolling out the mat before this podcast. What, oh, yeah. What, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, that was just pure. I mean, when I do yoga, it is primarily like just a physical exercise. Yeah. Like, other people have other connections to it. I'm just like, my back is stiff. Mm-hmm. My shoulders are tight. My hips are sore. It's like, I'm going to do more of it. So like when I go and do the physical things I want to do, I don't hurt myself. Mm. It's like, if I'm going to play golf, I don't want to like hurt myself and then be out, have to rest because it's like the season of doing things outside is short enough. So I want to take care of all my twisty parts. So do you feel like yoga is up to your golf game? Like, are you a better golfer? Yes. Um, I am a less injured golfer. Nice. <laughs> I'm a less getting, sore and grumpy I'm golfer. getting older, so it's more about is it preventing injury and making me more flexible, which is yes, yes, big mm-hmm. yes. Helps absolutely. with the swing. It does. Yeah. I mean, just to keep the hips straight. Keep Yeah, keep everything. Bend, bend at the knees. Loose, limber. Keep your head down. And don't hurt yourself. <laughs> That's the goal. I had a few clients that... Um, they were go- they are golfers yeah. so i mean that's what we worked that's what we worked i know through. i could see and it's it's golf, like you know golf how, game yoga let's say honey you whenever you like watch someone walk mm-hmm. you say oh my god they need yeah. to do this pose this, this pose, pose this pose and this mm. pose just based hard. on their their People gait is hard. i it's the same thing if i see someone do either lift weights or golf because that's kind of what i'm into now i can say oh you need your hips your hips are tight you mm-hmm. gotta do something about that your shoulders not flexible mm. Well, I think the thing about, you know, yoga as a preventative, you know, is something that isn't talked about a whole lot. Like, you know, yoga might not be your jam. It might not be like the favorite thing that you do or like your means of exercise or spiritual connection. And it's highly likely that it, whatever your jam is, it can help you with that. And I think that we don't 
like I think in the yoga community we don't talk a whole lot about like you know golfers that right doing yoga is going to change a whole lot of that golf experience for the entire season and we focus so much on like this is a yogi a yogi in every single aspect as opposed to like do you want to walk upstairs I mean I watch people walk more often though i'm watching people in like shows and movies even mm. you know mm. like i'm watching actors because right. it's not like mm-hmm. i'm around tons of people watching opportunities mm. in a day-to-day so we're watching a television show and and these are actors and actresses who are like using their physical bodies they're so they're like, do doing their trucks, craft right? and i'm like what's going on with your posture like you're an actress. You must have access to all of the things. And I think because people are like, oh, well, I'm not a yogi, then they're they're unable to be open to like, well, this could help you do the thing that you mm. actually are lit up about and right. into. You yeah, don't and really have to be like call yoga it, obsessed. Call it what you want. You know, you notice that your body was feeling a certain way and you made an adjustment. Mm. I mean, your lower back hurts, you know, then you twist it out. Yeah, I think the tricky thing with yoga sometimes is what is that there is a spiritual connection assumed to the practice. Like it's just assumed that like, oh, you're doing this. So therefore you have to have a buy into the other parts of it as far as like it's a spiritual practice or anything like that. And that doesn't often appeal to people. Right. So then they're immediately turned off by mm-hmm. the whole uh, practice after that when. Right, it's you not like just like aerobics where you're just right. like, yeah, yeah. There's no dancing a lineage dancing around like right. a box on the floor. Yeah, yeah. step class. Yeah. Do we want to talk a little bit about how Yoga Farm kind of like, I don't want to say blew up because we're oh, mindful yeah. of the language, <laughs> but like how Yoga Farm like, um, yeah, like went from went from expanded, expanded, like right, like yeah. went from twenty people in a yeah, six month yeah. class to. Because that's really how I got here, I feel like. I feel like yeah. mm. Yoga Farm expanded, and they were like, whoa. I mean, that's how three out of the four of us at this table got mm-hmm. here, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's one of those topics that's so tricky because, it, you know, this was due to the pandemic. Yep. And a lot of people experienced extraordinary loss in so many ways Yeah. when shutdown happened yoga studios in particular were closing left and right yeah because Mm. how do you get to show up and teach a class when being in the vicinity of another human is so risky and so you know it's not a topic we talk about a whole lot because it has that energy to it of like um it it was a scary time there was so much uncertainty there was so much fear we were you know there was heightened anxiety around human connection human interaction people were lonely people were isolated and through that darkness and intense period came this incredible growth at yoga farm and I think that there's a couple of reasons that it happened. One, we were able to be the first registered Yoga Alliance approved yoga teacher training for like online. The first one. Yes. Number one. So lockdown happened, what, mid-March? March, March. Like 17th, 2020. 20th. Yeah. And we had our first online launch on April 1st. Yep. Mm. Like within two weeks. With like... 500 students? I think that one That's had like 350 here. and that was yeah. Sabrina's entrance yeah, yeah. that was your yeah, oh because I was were you April or May May yes yeah, so you were May. the second second, second. yeah because we yeah. did April May, May June yeah. mm-hmm. wow that's crazy to think about. You know, because we were in the time of uncertainty. So we're like, we don't know how long Yoga Alliance is going to let. So just for people who don't know who are listening up to that point, similar to in the field of massage therapy. Yep. Um, in this aspect of education, none of it was allowed to be taught remote. None of it was allowed to be taught virtually. So there was still all of this idea and bias around, can you teach a group of people online to do something that is a very physical, very body oriented practice? And a lot of people were super skeptical about like, 
Is this going to be valid? Are you going to be able to teach these people things? Um, how can I learn how to do this without without being, being with people in the presence of an instructor? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me personally, this, I mean, it kind of ties into what I was saying about these weird things that we chose to do along the trajectory of our life path. And I'm like, why did I do that? That was a weird choice. Oh, no, it wasn't. This is why. Yep. Um, when I was in my master's program, a piece of it that was really appealing and really important to me was the ed tech piece. It was how to do contemplative practices, how to teach and create intentional community online. And, you know, in my grad program, it was a very new thing. We were using Zoom in my grad program when nobody had heard of Zoom. You know, we're doing group projects, we're meeting, we're doing one-on-one like meditations with one another. And the, the reason this was so appealing to me was because I thought that at some point high school would be virtual. And I was teaching high school at that point. Like I really thought like particularly the high school I was working at was predominantly um, pregnant parenting and at-risk youth. So I was working within that structure and taking my uh, master's program. And, I, and there were so many days where my students couldn't come to school because their kids were sick. And so then their attendance would, would plummet and it was a whole issue. And I couldn't help but thinking like, I'm doing a lecture in a PowerPoint. If they were online at home, we're not exposed to their children's germs and they're still getting the lesson. And yeah, there might be chaos in the background, but whatever. And there was such resistance. So the, the, my whole focus on this was like, oh, I'm going to use this in the teaching high school aspect. When lockdown happened and it was like, really, we had an in-progress yoga teaching training group mm-hmm. that was about halfway through the curriculum. And so we had to make a choice and we had to make it fast of, are we hitting the pause button and thank the goddess we didn't? Mm-hmm. Because who knows when those students would have been able to return to an in-person YTT or do we develop this all online so that they can complete their certification and what would that look like so the moment that that started and I started building out this classroom using Google Classroom because it's what we had at the time um, and nonprofits can use Google Classroom for free um, I realized like well if we can do the second half of the program online including certification we can do the whole thing. And and people who had spent, in some cases, I think 20 years wanting to be a yoga instructor, but couldn't take time take off, time. find childcare, mm-hmm. leave their homes. Like mm-hmm. it's, there was just so many barriers and inequities in the whole process of becoming a yoga teacher. They finally had access. And not only did they have access, they were stuck at home unable to do anything else anyway. Right. So time, access, time, a longing that had been there and the organization. I mean, the growth is just off the charts. It's not even like, you can't even say like a hundred percent growth because that would have meant 40 students in a class. Literally a thousand percent. A thousand percent. It was even, yeah. Yeah. I guess a thousand percent. Like even more, I don't know. It was like so many. I mean, just in those first three months, yeah, it was close to 2000 students between the three, 1500, 2000 students between the three cohorts that we like launched right away. Yeah. And from my standpoint, being one of those students, everything felt seamless. Even at that time, I mean, I wouldn't know anything going on behind the scenes, but I was so, <laughs> I see your face. I was so happy, like you said, to have that opportunity to dive into a teacher training. And it was, even then it was beyond my, my expectations. How did you find it, Sabrina? Like, I actually started following Yoga Farm the summer before I wanted to come up and visit with my then partner and I was like, I was taking yoga classes every day. So I was like, all right, if we go up to Ithaca and visit, then we could go to this in-person thing. And anyway, that, that did not end up happening, but it was great because it allowed me to follow you on social media. Mm -hmm. So when that time came and I saw that the offering of 
online yoga teacher training. I was like, oh, this place. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe this is why I was meant to follow back then to lead me up to that point. So at that point, I was like, okay, this is this is it. Because I was one of those you know, full-time workers, full-time mom. Even throughout the pandemic, I worked full-time in a factory. Um, making diapers and toilet paper does not stop. <laughs> so at th- definitely not with the toilet paper. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So at that time, that was me, and I wasn't able to take weekends off to take a te- teacher training. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that th- this opportunity, and yeah, here I've been ever since. It's good to hear <laughs> that it seemed seamless it from did. a student point yeah, of view. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now I wasn't working there at the time. No. I just got to watch. He, I got to watch Jeannie do this, yeah. and it. I won't. I mean, it was like furiously laying down tracks as the train has already yeah. left the station. Yes. It's what it was. That's it's what it seemed like. And then I feel like I came in behind and I was like planting the flower. I don't know. Like, I like think you were like a little bit like, the you guys dropped a bunch of stuff. Stirring <laughs> the know. soil. I came in behind and I'm like picking mm-hmm. everything You're picking up, up the things like, yeah. that just <laughs> fell off the train. Yep. The train. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a pretty good yep. metaphor. Right. Uh-huh. I mean. Because it, it hadn't been done before. Right. And I think, I mean, the 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 passion that i witness can still witness in the work was like a big motivator and it just made i hate to use the word product of mm-hmm. like what you teach but the curriculum and all that stuff like it's superior so the fact that it was ended up being successful is not a shock to me mm, because yeah. of witnessing you teach and what you do for the past i mean we've been together what this is nine years it's been a while <laughs> we have been married for nine years. Right. Looks at the watch. He we looks yeah. at his watch. Know, we yeah, met each other know. and got married the next day. Nothing happened the before that. I, just, I reset the clock once we got married. I don't. Ridiculous. I don't count those. I don't count that. Anyway, Kay. to the sweet thing I was trying to say. Oh yeah, very sweet. <laughs> I don't even remember. You interrupted me. Just that she's amazing, See, and right. so of course yeah. it was successful yes. because yeah. Because of um, because the passion behind it. Yeah. Right. The passion yeah. behind it and the fact that you're good at it. Yeah. And. Yeah just and obviously the desire the demand was there like that's a it's something that people still want and long for so i think and also it sounds like it met what you were longing for is to reach more people oh yeah and you know that inclusive aspect of Mm -hmm. it well i mean so when i took my first yoga teacher training i was a single mother in a lot of ways. And I um, was working in high school as a teacher. So needless to say, I didn't have this, you know, abundant amount of any kind of resource to be devoting to a yoga teacher training. And the way that I was able to pay for my yoga teacher training was partially in payments because fortunately my trainer was willing to take payments over the six months of the training and with a work trade. So I was cooking food and providing meals so that I could take this yoga teacher training. And so I think that when you've had that experience in your life of like, this is a thing that feels life-saving and affirming and you know, I never thought I was going to be a yoga teacher. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to have some skills that I knew I'd be sharing with my high school students, of course. But ultimately, I wanted to stop crying in my car at the end of the day. And I was pretty sure that this yoga teacher training was going to give me the skills to stop crying in my car every day. Um, and it felt so out of reach for so long. And like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And, and, I never wanted people to have that experience or to feel like there was such a barrier between the thing that could be um, just so healing for them and connecting for them. So even when we were still doing in-person trainings, we had work trades for every single cohort. So there was somebody who could come and like clean the space as a part of the work trade, someone who could cook for the participants on the training weekends. And opening it up to online, just because of sheer scale of students and, and you know, every room has a human capacity, except for a Zoom room. 
Um, unless you don't pay for the hire. That did happen. <laughs> I was there. Unless you don't, you don't pay for we the hire. We reached 500 students uh-huh. and we had to pause for a moment to upgrade to the upgrade. Zoom. In real time. In real time. To upgrade yeah. the Zoom account so more people could So uh, a thousand people could, could be enter. in. Um, but it just enables us to to make these things accessible, to make them accessible in people's lives and schedules, but also financially. And and so when I say like, you know, having a yoga nonprofit was a key component once I realized that this is where my professional trajectory was going. Um, Part of it is because that's what feels in alignment and a for-profit structure combined with education, regardless of what the education is in, doesn't feel in alignment for me, for my personal value system. And and then I would say that times 100 when we're talking about spiritual practices, when we're talking about things that are nourishing on all of the levels. Um, you know, to me, it feels like in the same way that healthcare should be available to everyone and accessible to everyone. Like that's the conviction that is behind the nonprofit structure and the mission and vision of, of yoga farm, because this is what we're here to do. And it like this, just the thought of someone longing for this and not having access to it. I'm immediately brought back to all of the time that I spent looking at yoga teacher trainings and wanting to take that next step and wanting to be on this path and not having the resources to do it and feeling really left out and heartbroken. And we can't do, you know, we're not in person anymore, so we don't really do work trades and nobody's cooking us meals though. That would be lovely. Um, (laughs) So instead we're able to offer a lot of scholarships, you know, I mean, I would say I'm I'm about to do the math because we just started a couple cohorts um, in January, but 80 to 90 percent of our students partake and utilize one of our scholarships or another. So um, a lot of folks are able to access this material through those means. And then we also, you were saying, like, we do have payment plans, too. So Mm -hmm. take up to a year to pay off your yoga teacher training. You know, it could be as, yeah. So really special that we're able to bring it to so many folks with those those scholarships and fee structures. And I think that was another thing, too, that was so appealing to everyone during the first part of the pandemic not to mention that this deep loneliness that so many people were experiencing during lockdown you know for people who uh, I mean on one hand for people who didn't live with immediate family and have family structure they were isolated 24 7 for the most part um, and then on the other hand, there was the cohort of, <laughs> of us who uh, were suddenly at home with our children and our spouses 24-7 with, without that. And it, having a place to navigate what that experience was like in community. You know, we teach so often that trauma, which the pandemic was very traumatic, um, Trauma happens in community. It happens in group. There is, you know, I would probably say 99% of the time when trauma occurs, there's more than one person present for that. And that's where also healing happens, too, is in community. And, and that's what we're here to do. That's why we have a physical space. That's why we have the number of classes we have. And that's why we all get together and sit around this round table goofing around because, <laughs> you know, it's about the community. Yeah. Well said, honey. Way to bring it home. Well, for the Wi-Fi pod, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. This is Sabrina. And Jessica. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, friends. Bye. Or full moon rise and finally I've arrived With a full heart deeper dive in my soul Speak.
of life Time to feed your spirit what it needs Trust your intuition all in fire glowing Ever bright Oh the fire keeps on building now I can be Oh a sacred snake is gliding towards the light Time to feed your spirit what it Speak.